Uh, I love my wife dearly, uh, but one of the sweetest parts of that deal was a mother-in-law like Becky Schomer. Uh, we don't need to talk about the father-in-law. That's a different story. Uh, but man, did I hit the jackpot with my mother-in-law. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, it only took all of our church leadership being on vacation in Mexico for me to be up here tonight. (laughs) So, appreciate, no, 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 I I really do. I appreciate the opportunity. Pastor Mark was gracious enough to let me stand up here and, you know, not disgrace the stage too much. Uh, Yeah, like Becky said, I'm the youth pastor here in Green Bay at Celebration Church. Where's the youth at? Youth, are you here? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we love our youth here at Celebration Church, and this is my, well, maybe not my only, but one of my shameless plugs for the night is if you have a young person, grades 5th through 12th grade, that does not come and spend the best night of the week with us on Wednesday nights, I can't encourage you enough to get them here, uh, because we have a blast in the most real way possible, and uh, we worship Jesus throughout it all, and so we will kick youth back off next Wednesday with our motion night, which is just like youth plus. It's like bigger and badder and better. That's badder and like good, Uh, but it it really is. It's the best, and we're going to have a ton of fun uh, and give God all the glory in it, and so if you've got a young person, we'd love for them to join us. As I was getting ready for tonight, though, uh, I was just thinking as what I was going to talk about. Like, what in the world am I going to talk about? Uh, And it it was close to the new year, and so I started to think about that. And for whatever reason, 2020 seems to hold some different weight. I don't know if anyone else feels that along with me. Maybe it's because it's only my third decade, or maybe it's because, uh, I know some of you guys are like, whatever, (laughs) we saw the last Last 20, uh, right? <laughs> Dad? No, I'm kidding. Uh, right? Some of you, like, maybe it's because um, I've transitioned into a new series of life, new season of life as I got married a year and a half ago. Um, maybe it's because it sounds pretty, right? Like 2020 just has a good ring to it, better than 2000 or 2010 or especially 2019. Uh, it's just, it's got that ring. And so I'm just excited for 2020. But I'm not a big new. New Year's resolution guy. It's never been me. I have probably like the same three that I make every year. One is to go to bed earlier. Never seems to work. Uh, the other is to eat healthier. Uh, and that I start strong, but then I drive past a Chick-fil-A and it's like, that's Christian chicken. That can't be bad for me, right? Like there's no way Chick-fil-A is bad. And so I eat lots of that. Uh, I have the same one to stop procrastinating. I think that I'll get to next year. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, but the one that really seems to resonate with me always is, is God, whatever you have in store for me, that's what I want in this next year. Right? I want to be in line with what you have planned. I want to be in line with your, your plan for my life. And I just want to follow that path to the best of my abilities this year. And, and so tonight, as I was preparing and thinking about the weight of this new decade and everything that that came with, I was like, I want to talk about that. How do we do that in our lives? How do we align ourselves with what God has in store for us? And I, and I was preparing and studying and, and getting to that. Uh, I realized that that's, that's my goal every year. And, and I think sometimes we go into that thought process with the mentality of, well, God, whatever's going to happen will happen. And, and you're in control and there's nothing I can do about it. And I just think that's the wrong mentality. 
I think that's the wrong frame of mind to say, God, I want whatever you have for my life, but it's yours. Like, hands off. I'm not going to do anything to steer that ship. I'm not going to do anything to help out that process. And we get ourselves caught in that lie that there's nothing that is required of us to get us down that path. And and in fact, there is. I, I think that God has a lot in store for each and every one of us. Regardless of our season of life, he's got a plan and a purpose for every one of our lives, but he is looking for us to do a little bit. And, and I think we look at Moses, and he, he's a great example of that. And so we're going to talk a little bit about Moses tonight as we talk about what it looks like to, to walk in a way that our lives lines up with, God, with what God has in store for us. And, and Moses is an incredible story. There's so many messages that come out of the story of Moses, right? I mean, and just, just incredible. It's, it's miracle moment after miracle moment in the life of Moses, right? You start when he's a baby and he gets sent up the river in a basket and, and the princess of Egypt just happens to find him, right? And she takes him in as her own child and loves him dearly. And he's raised as an Egyptian, right? Only to realize eventually about year 40 that he was an Israelite and to go back to his people and to see them. And, and as he goes and, and looks at his, the Israelite people, his people, he sees one of them being mistreated. And in that moment, in a moment of rage, he actually kills an Egyptian man and thinks like he can just bury him in the sand and that will cover everything up doesn't, right? And so he, he comes back the next day and the Israelites are like, hey, we saw what you did. And he's like, well, I got to go. If you know, everyone knows and that's no good. And so he flees the country. And so for 40 more years, he basically spends his life as a shepherd. He has this amazing burning bush moment where he encounters God in the realest way. And then we kind of know, then we get to the highlights, right? We get to the plagues and the Red Sea that parts and, and then the wandering in the wilderness for a long time, right? But I want to focus on that burning bush moment, that, that moment in Moses's life that kind of changed everything. And I think we have those moments. Now, they don't maybe lead to plagues in Egypt or the parting of the Red Sea, but we have these moments in our lives where we have a choice, a choice to meet God, a choice to step into something more with him, a choice to step into his plan and purpose for our lives. And there's a couple things I think that hold us back from it. The first one is this, is we need to stop disqualifying ourselves, right? Moses After he steps into the burning bush moment, he's got a list of things, a list of reasons why he can't do it. We see Exodus 3.1, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Exodus 4.10, Moses said to the Lord, oh Lord, I have never been eloquent, rather in the past, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Exodus 4.13, Moses said, Lord, please, he begs, send someone else to do it. You see, Moses disqualified himself. He had all of the list of reasons why he couldn't do what God had set, in for, set forth before him. And I think sometimes we're the same way. Yeah, God, I would love to do that, but man, that mission strip sounds good. Money's tight. I know you really want me to go, but I, I just can't swing that. God, I would love to talk to that person about my faith, about Jesus, but I don't know if they're going to be the most receptive 
God, I love that thing that you placed on my my heart and, and that passion that I have, but I don't think I can use that for you. I don't think there's any way I can do it. God, I'm not strong enough. God, I'm too old. God, I'm not old enough. God, I'm like enlist, enlist, enlist. We come up with reason after reason to disqualify ourselves from the things that God has placed before us. When God's just like, hey, do it. I I put it in you. I called it out of you. I placed it before you. Of course, I'm going to be with you. We see time after time again where Moses comes with his objection. God has a response. Right? God has a response. He, Moses says, who am I? And God says, well, I'm with you. Right? Of course you can do it because I'm with you. Moses says, I've never been the most eloquent. I've, I've never spoken well. How am I supposed to communicate to all these people? And God's like, well, who do you think makes people talk? Who do you think makes people listen? Of course I can do it with you. And actually the last one, God gets a little mad at Moses. He's like, I've heard all of your objections, bro. Like, you can do this. I've told you why. And he's like, but please, anyone else. And Lord's like, you know what? Your brother Aaron, he's coming with you. It's settled. You're going, right? And he like brings someone else to go through the process with him. But Moses had all the opportunity. He had all the opportunity to do everything. And he disqualified himself time and time again. But God uses a reluctant Moses with Aaron's help. You see, you might be saying, but, but Pastor Ben, you don't, you don't understand. You don't understand what I've done. You don't understand what I've gone through. You don't understand what 2019 looked like. You don't understand what my decade has looked like. Well, God used Moses. Moses killed a man. Moses was not eloquent of speech, as he said so himself. Moses belonged to no one. Right? He had no people. His Israelites, had, he had been left them from birth. The Egyptians had, had passed him on. They had said, good riddance to you when he killed an Egyptian. He was cast out. He had to flee for his life. Moses had no one. Yet God chose to use Moses. He spent 40 years tending to sheep after he left Egypt. Moses was 80 when we say him go and start to talk to the Egyptian pharaoh to free the Israelites, 80. So whatever your reservation is, Moses had bigger. Moses had more, right? Moses was more disqualified than anyone in this room, yet God used him to free a nation, used him to bring his people home. You know, what do we let hold us back from what God has in store for us? You'd say, man, that's great, but I'm not there yet. I'm not at that point in my relationship. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not there. I love what Paul says in Philippians 3, 12 through 14. It says this, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul's like, I'm not there. I don't have this all figured out. I don't know how to to do all of it. I don't know how to be perfect. I don't know how to be exactly like Jesus, but I'm trying. 
and the past is behind me, but the forward, the front, it's in front of me, right? Like I can push forward, I can push on, I can keep going, I can strive to do better, I can strive to do more. And the first thing we need to know is that if we're going to walk in a way that is, that is Christ-like, that, that if we're trying to find what God has in store for our lives, is we got to quit disqualifying ourselves. we got to quit giving God a list of reasons why we can't do it. The second thing we need to do is we need to have community around us. We need to have people around us. We need to have a support system. We need to have a team, right? We see Exodus 4, 29 through 31. Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of the Israelites. And Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. He also performed the signs before the people, and they believed. And when they had heard that the Lord was concerned about them, he had seen their misery. They bowed down and worshiped. We need to be a part of community, right? You want what God has in store for you this, for you this year? You need to have people around you. You need to have people that can lift you up. The Israelites, when Moses and Aaron showed up to them, and again, they didn't show up alone. It was the two of them together. They bowed down and worshiped because Moses and Aaron brought news of what God was going to do. He, they brought the Israelites good news that they had forgotten, how many times in our own lives do we look at a situation, do we look at what is directly in front of us and we forget about the things that God has already done in our lives? We forget about his blessing after blessing that has gotten us to this point and we're stuck in the middle and we can't see past it. That's what community is for. That's why you need people around you to point out like, yeah, that's tough, but remember what God did. Yeah, that's difficult, but do you remember when God showed up in this moment? Do you remember God's promise here? Do you remember what he said to you there? Right, And that, that's why we believe in small groups so strongly at Celebration Church. Right? We think small groups are the best way possible for you to remember what God's promises are in your life. That when you are in the midst of your worst moments, that you have people to, to mourn in those moments with you and to remind you of God's promises. That when you are in the midst of your best seasons, that you have people to celebrate with you and to champion those things with you. I, I can't encourage you all enough to get in a small group this coming semester. Our expo starts Sunday. It's going to be for the next two Sundays as our, as our semester starts. Find a place to fit. Find a place to belong. Find a place to find community. Find a place to find people to build you up and to lift you you up and if you're like I don't know what group to start in can I just encourage you that our freedom groups are awesome right I just went through it this last semester they are so so good the curriculum is amazing and you will just have life change and I don't it doesn't matter what stage of Christianity you're in whether you're a new believer or a believer for for life right there is things to learn places to grow places to be challenged we will have so, so many groups for you to be a part of. And I can't encourage you enough that if you want to find out what God has in store for you this year, walk in line with what his plan for your life. You need community around you to do it. The last thing you need to do is you need to meet God. You guys are like, what, what does that mean? I know God, Ben, I have a relationship with him. I have that. It's not quite what I mean. Exodus 3.3 says this. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. You see, it wasn't uncommon for Moses to see a bush on fire in the middle of the desert. Right? The desert is very dry, sparks happen, things start a fire. It, it was common. Right? He could have, like any other day, pushed his sheep aside and they could have kept on their path. But he saw something different. He, he felt a moment 
He felt like something was going to happen. Something was going to change, and he needed to step into that. And so he did. Moses went and he investigated the bush. You see, it's so amazing and so sweet that, that God has this amazing plan to, to really save all of us, to put in motion. And the Israelites are such a key piece of that. And he's got this amazing moment that he wants to happen with the Israelites. And he could have showed up to Moses with a pillar of fire. We've seen him do it. He does it in a couple chapters later, right? There's the pillar of fire. He could have used any method to get Moses' attention. But he uses this, this moment of this bush. And he says, hey, I'm here. I'm ready. I just need you to meet me. I need you to come and, and, and enter into this holy ground. I need you to walk into this moment. You see, God's not a forcer. He's a filler. Right? God isn't here to force himself into your life. He's not here to force himself into your problems. What he is here to do is say, hey, I'm here to fill you. I'm here to fill, the, fill you with boldness. I'm here to fill you with peace. I'm here to fill you with faith. I'm here to fill you with whatever you need, joy. Whatever your moment is, he is there to fill us in that moment. And God wanted to see how Moses was going to respond to the little things before he trusted him with more. And I think sometimes in our own life, God is like, hey, I'm here. I'm right here. I'm a burning bush. Just turn and meet me. Just, just, just take that step. Get uncomfortable for a moment. Forget about everything else that's going on and focus in on me. You see, the, the, the most incredible God moments of my life have been the moments that I've said, you know what? I, I can't worry about everything else that's going on. I need to focus in on you, God. I need to see what you have going on. I, I want to tell you guys a story. And it's the, the, the greatest God moment of, of my life this far, of my three decades and a couple. Yeah. <laughs> Not decades, years. Uh, is I was a sophomore in college, uh, and I went to a Christian college. We had chapel every day. Uh, and so there's a couple details I need to fill you in on before I get to this story, because they matter. Uh, and so I was at a Christian college, went to chapel every day, and my spot in the room was the balcony, right? We had a balcony, and I didn't hide in the back of the balcony. I was front row of the balcony. That was my spot. Every year of college, that was where I, I'm very much a spot person, right? Like, that's my spot. Don't touch it. I know some of you can relate, right? Like, get out of my seat, right? And so that was my spot. Front row of the balcony, it's where I sat. I figured I was closer to God. I could connect with him better, whatever, right? Like, that, that's where I sat, and so we had chapel every day, and after chapel was lunch, and uh, it wasn't Chick-fil-A, but I do love food, and so I needed to be on my way from chapel to go eat lunch before I could go on to the rest of my day. But this one day, I felt a, a pressing of God that I needed to stay and pray. And so I said, okay, God, I will meet you in this moment. I will meet you here. I will, I will pray. I don't know what for, but I will do this, but I'm not leaving my spot. Because if you have something to say to me, yeah, you can, some of you know where this is going. You can do it here, right? You can do it in my spot. I don't need to get uncomfortable. I don't need to take a step to meet you. I'm skipping part of lunch. That's my step, right? Here I am. So I began to pray, and I was just like, okay, God, this feels like any other time I've prayed. There's nothing pressing going on. There's nothing that I need to do here. Uh, and the, the preacher at the time got back up on stage. He's like, I don't know who this is for, but I feel like he said a girl's name, and then he said, Ben, need to come down front and pray. And I said, okay, God, I'm stubborn, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> I can follow simple directions, even if you have to 
open the door and burn the building down behind me, right? And so I, I did. I went down front. I took that step and I began to pray at the altar. And the second my foot hit the altar floor, I had this Im- Im- immediate sense that I needed to pray for my family. No idea why, no idea who. I just needed to pray. And so I began to pray for every family member I could think of. I don't have a big family, so it was quick. Then I prayed for him again, and I began to just continue to pray for my family. I ran out of family members. I went to friends. I just prayed for everyone I knew. In this amazing God moment, as, uh, I just felt his weight upon me to pray over these things. And so I just began to pray and pray and pray. And so I left chapel, and I pulled out my flip phone, because I'm old enough to have a flip phone. <laughs> Uh, And I had a couple missed calls from my dad, which wasn't uncommon, because even though I had chapel every day, sometimes he forgot uh, at the same time. Um, And so I had a couple of phone calls from my dad, and I opened it up, and I checked, and I called him back, and I said, hey, I just got out of chapel. What's going on? And he said, Ben, I have some bad news. He said, Grandpa had a heart attack, and it's pretty serious, uh, and we don't think he's going to make it. So I'll let you know what happens, and I'll let you know if you need to come home. But it's not looking good. I said, oh, whoa, okay, that's heavier than I thought. A um, little while later, I talked to my dad again. And he said, hey, Grandpa's doing great. He's going to make it through. He's going to pull through. Everything is going to be okay. Well, I, I, I came a little while later. I told my parents this story. I talked to my grandparents. Uh, turns out that at the time I was having that that I just needed to pray for my family, that I really needed to stay and pray, was about the time that my grandpa had arrived at the hospital, having a major heart attack, uh, had to be resuscitated, had to go through the whole, whole process. And the doctors said that there's no, nothing short of a miracle that you're here with us today. And actually, my grandpa is in the room <laughs> tonight, yeah, which is sweet. Um, and it's just an amazing testament to God's grace and to God's being with our family in that moment. And it's such a great story, but here's what I know. I know that if I don't meet God in that moment, it's not my story. I don't have that God moment. I don't have that experience with God that I will hold on to and cherish for the rest of my life. I missed that moment because I would have been too stubborn to take that step. Right? How different does Moses' story look if he refuses to go and step into that burning bush? If he refuses to go and to see what, what was there, what God had in store for him. Man, if you guys want to come on out, I'm almost done here. Right? What, what, is that, what does that look like? What does Moses' journey look like? And, and I think for us, we have things. Right? We have things that are holding us back. We have these amazing opportunities to meet God. To, to see what our story holds. To see what his plan for our life is. To see what the next thing he's going to do in our life is. And we miss it. Because we don't take the step. Right? And it doesn't always have to be big things. A lot of my moments aren't big moments like that. Maybe it's something as simple as experiencing God in an incredible way in, in, a, in a moment of, of difficulty because we enter into worship, right? Maybe it's like, I, I don't know if I want to sing or raise my hands or, or enter into this, but, but God, life is tough. I'm in this season. Or maybe God, life is really good, but I know there's more. I know you have more in store for me. And so I'm going to do something different. I'm going to choose to meet you 
in a different way. Maybe God has placed something on your heart. Maybe something has been stirring inside of you and you've held back and, and you haven't taken the step and, and, and God's just like, hey, I'm here. Here I am, the burning bush. Will you just meet me? Will you just take a step and see what I have in store for you? Will you just see what your story could be? Will you just see what this moment may hold? I don't know what your 2019 has looked like. Maybe it was the worst year of your life. Maybe it was the best, right? I don't know what it looked like, but I do know this. I know that God has a plan. I know that God has a purpose for you, for your life. I know that pain is never fun, but God can use our pain for amazing and miraculous things on the other side, right? That he wants more for you, that he wants more for us. And that if we just would stop disqualifying ourselves, if we would stop not even running the race, taking ourselves out before we can even go, that he would meet us in that moment. That if we would just build community, if we would have people around us to lift us up when life is difficult, to lift us up when we can't see Jesus in the middle of our mess, that he would just, he would figure out what's, what's in store for us. They would help us walk that path. That if we would just take a step and meet God wherever we are, that he would be right there. You see, the amazing part of that burning bush story is that when the bush was lit and Moses showed up, it wasn't like, oh, hey, I'm glad someone noticed. It was Moses, Moses, I have a plan for you. You see, God has a plan for us. He had a plan for Moses. He wasn't waiting for anyone to show up. He was waiting for Moses to show up in that moment to take the step and to meet God. And I think tonight in this place, God has a plan for us. God has a purpose for us. And he is just waiting to meet us. He's like, hey, I'm here. Just take a step. Just meet me in that. So you guys do this with me. Will you all take a stand? Will you stand up with me? I want to close us out slightly different than the normal Celebration Church way. Uh, I love that song we sang earlier tonight, Holy Ground. It is my favorite song. And so as I was getting ready to close tonight and I saw that was on the set list, I was like, we're singing it again. Because <laughs> we're going to step into some holy ground. Can this just be the night that we declare over our year that chains are bound that, that fear no longer has a place for us, that, that our chains fall off, that the things we've disqualified ourselves, the things that have been in our past no longer are there. We are no longer held down by those things, but instead we are pushing forward in the goodness of Jesus. Can we just find hope in this place tonight? Can we just change lives in this place tonight? Can we meet God in a real way and step into what he has for us for 2020? So I'm going to ask the band in a moment to sing with us again. I'm going to pray for us first and then I'm going to ask them to do that. But as we sing, can that just be your cry tonight? If you've disqualified yourself, can you just reach out to God and say, God, forgive me. I have disqualified myself from everything you've placed in front of me and I want to move forward. No longer will I think I'm not good enough. If you just need a sense of community, will you just pray that God would put community in your life and then promise me you'll check out the expo on Sunday? If you just need to meet God, will you just do something more? 
Will you just meet him in this place? Will you cry out to God? Will you lift your hands in worship? Will you sing out to him and say, God, what is your plan? What is your purpose? I am here to meet you in this place. And I know he's there to meet you as well. So why don't you pray with me and then we'll have the band sing. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this amazing group of people, Lord. And I just pray that as 2020 comes, as we start this new decade, Lord, that we would just be a group of people that seeks after you, that we would be a group of people that just wants more of you in our lives, that we would walk with plan and purpose because we have found what you have in store for our lives, Lord. And I pray that you would just help us to seek out in that, Lord, that we wouldn't worry about the distress distractions of life. We wouldn't worry about what's going on, but Lord, that we would meet you in a moment, that we would meet you in a moment and that we would just go forward in your plan and purpose for our lives, Lord. And then we pray. Amen. Amen.